Welcome to the Sunday Message Podcast of Bethany Church in Fresno, California. We hope this message will encourage and equip you as you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. If today's message helps you, share it with a friend. If you would like to know more about the ministry of Bethany Church, please reach out on Facebook or at BethanyChurchFresno.com. And now, here's this week's message. We're going to continue in this message series we called Faithful and just talking about what it means to be faithful followers of Jesus in all things. And um, I want to say right up front today that when I planned to speak on giving today, I did not know we'd be holding the uh, youth fundraiser uh, over <laughs> over lunch. So um, it's from the Lord. I mean, so the topic today, the message today is faithful in stewardship. And uh, we're going to just say the Lord's in charge of the calendar uh, because the Lord's in charge of everything. Psalm 24, verse 1 says this, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Or another translation says the world and all it contains, everything is the Lord's. And this is the foundation of stewardship. If you're taking notes this morning, you want to write this down. You are, I am, a manager, not an owner. We are managers, not owners. We are managers, not owners. You think you own your truck or your house or your favorite pair of shoes when in fact it actually all belongs to the Lord. Now, how do I know that? I know that because uh, either that item that you love so much uh, is one day is going to be passed along to someone else or it will perish Or you will perish before it and it won't go with you. You get to hold it for a little while. Everything is temporary. That means you don't actually own it. You are not an owner. You are a manager. A steward of what really belongs to God. Now, you're going to ask, well, if God's made me a manager of everything that I have... Uh, why give part of it back? Why give any of it away? It doesn't make sense to give away what I've been put in charge of. Well, it does. And here's why. It's because money is powerful in our lives. Every one of us deals with money every day in some form or fashion. And it has the it has power. And so the only way to be free of slavery to money and possessions is to be a giver. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Another another way to put it is this, that if Jesus doesn't have my wallet, Jesus doesn't have my heart. If Jesus does not have my wallet, Jesus does not have my heart. And I want Jesus to be Lord over everything, including finances. And some folks will think, oh man, do we really have to talk about this in church? Like seriously, um, I, I can explain that I'm later that I'm, I'm not here just after your money. I'm actually speaking to this because you deal with this every day and you need to be equipped in this. Now, occasionally I'll have someone ask me, well, where does the, you know, where does the church get its money? Or someone will say, I know you're a pastor, but what do you do for a living? I'm like, well, um, this is this is my full time occupation. And the church is able to to take care of my financial needs so that I can serve you and serve the church. So where does the church get its money? Well, there there isn't a head office somewhere that, that pays our bills for us. The church is supported by you who are a part of it, right? 
you give to keep the facilities operating and you cover salaries and you you pay for outreach activities and children's ministries and, and everything else. And I will say this is a generous church. This is a generous church. You are good givers. We're very, very grateful for that. It's it's amazing. But I do tell our staff and I do tell our leadership council, every dollar we spend is a dollar someone gave to God. And they gave it to us to spend on his work. So as a church, we're not to hoard money. We're not to pile up huge amounts of it for no good reason. We're to invest in kingdom work. And as a manager of the Lord's money, as part of being responsible for what you give, I'm also personally invested as a tither and a giver because I believe in, in being connected. Now, um, before I uh, talk about tithing, which is mostly what I'm going to deal with today, I want to first speak briefly to the practice of giving, which is different. Giving is over and above the tithe. It's always optional. It's always voluntary. And it's done as the Lord directs you, uh, never out of obligation or pressure from anyone else. And I'm going to invite my friend Lillian to come to the platform. Lillian, just come around to the side steps here. Um, some people have one of the spiritual gifts listed in, in Romans 12 is the spiritual gift of giving. And so some have that gift. Others give as the Lord leads. But there is a blessing for every person who gives. Now, the New Testament believers made no attempt to hide who gives what, as long as they were giving for out of the right kind of motivation and not sort of for personal approval. And that in the body, we seek to honor those who have different gifts, the person who can speak, the person who can teach, the person who has administration. We honor those gifts, and, and the same should be in the gift of giving. So I've asked my friend Lillian here to share a little bit about your experience of joy in giving. It's interesting that I'm reading through the Bible and I'm ahead of schedule, but it's interesting that every time I have some decision to make like this, that it turns out that that's the scripture I read that day. And um, so this morning, I, I made this during the week, and this morning as I opened it up, I'm supposed to be reading Second Corinthians 9, and this is exactly where this comes from. In 2 Corinthians 9, 6, God says, If we sow sparingly, we will reap sparingly. If we sow bountifully, we will reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. It's such a blessing to serve God. Not everyone has the gift of giving, but all of us are told to give. Our money is a tool that we can use to spread the gospel, help others in the need, and to encourage others. Everything we have has been given from God. Our jobs, our possessions, even our breath. We are stewards or managers of these things to be used by God as he directs. Giving is a blessing I've learned from a child. Um, I started tithing when I was a child. Then when I got married, it was the first check that we always wrote every month after we got paid. Yes, we struggled, but we never needed anything. We always had enough. When my first husband, Victor, died, uh, God was faithful 
and he provided for me and my three children. Then when I met my husband, Steve, he learned to tithe with me, so much so that when we were making plans for retirement, we also planned that we would have enough, we would ask God to have enough so that we could also tithe over and above what, what the tithe is. And he's been very faithful to do that. Now that Steve is also in heaven, I do this all the time. I'm sorry. I get nervous. I get nervous when I talk in front of people. Um, now that Steve is in heaven, the Lord and I are in this, in this together. Each year I pray that I'll be able to give more. So I look for opportunities. Thank you. <laughs> Um, ask opportunities arise. I ask the Lord not, should I give, but how much I'm supposed to give. And last week, when I was praying about the Ukraine and Russia, um, the reason it's so tender to me is my father escaped from Russia. And he was 19 when he escaped. And they escaped in the winter where his his whole family did. They escaped in the winter, and they went to Harbin, China, over the Omar River, and they were in there in China for about a year trying to scrape enough money up to be able to get to America. And one of the things that happened was MCC was just being formed and stuff about that time, and people from here, the United States, especially from Kansas, were instrumental in sending money over so that they were able to come. And that morning, when I was reading my scripture, it talked about um, stewardship. <laughs> Would you believe it? So I got up immediately and sent money. I, I called MCC because they go all over the world when there's a disaster in other countries, whether it's a flood or whether it's um, um, earthquake or a tornado or whatever it is, they go to wherever the need is, and they are there now. They are helping people there. So that phone call was very easy to make. And it's exciting when I read the newsletter that comes from Hope Now for Youth, or maybe it's Youth for Christ, or maybe it's when... Uh, Dr. Teddy gets up and he shares about the hope, um, Horn of Africa, and he's just talking about all of the churches that they've planted and the many people that have become Christians. And I think, huh, I'm a part of that because I give. So if you want to get blessed, start giving. Now, one of the things in the Bible, God says, don't test people. He does not want people to test him. When the children of Israel were walking across the desert, they were always testing him. They were grumbling and complaining, and God says, don't do that. The only time he says we are supposed to test him is in regards to tithing or giving. In Malachi 3.10, it says, test me, in this says the Lord God, and see if I will not throw open the windows of... uh, the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be room, there will be not be room enough to store it. Now this doesn't mean that you're always going to get money. When you do something and you give money to the Lord, He doesn't promise you that, oh good, I give ten dollars, I'm going to get a thousand. No, that doesn't, it's not the way it works. Sometimes He gives you money 
if he knows you can, he can trust you with it. But a lot of times it's other kinds of blessings. It might be something that in your family, it might be in your, that's in the missions that you're doing. It's, it's a lot of different kinds of things. But it's so exciting to be one of the parts of this plan of God. Um, God has showered me with many blessings, and I would like to encourage each one of you to take God at this word. Test him. If you've never tithed before, if you've never given 10% or more, try it. He has said that if you do that, he will bless you, and he will take care of all of your needs. And today, I I thought God was working great things, because every time I (laughs) was working on this, it was one of the verses. But anyways... um, Today we do have that opportunity because we're going to have food that we're going to be auctioning later on. And so those of you that normally give, thank you very much. Those of you that don't, this is a time for you to step to the plate and see what God's going, how God's going to bless you. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Give Lillian a hand. I, I almost feel like, yeah, we should we just go straight to the benediction? I, I'm not sure, Lillian, that is so good. And I'll tell you how God works. All week long, God was bugging me to, to ask Lillian to share her testimony. I'm like, I'm not going to do that to her. I, I'm not going to. That's, that's, that's too much pressure to get on the platform and do that. And the Lord was just nagging me all week. And finally, yesterday, I said, Lillian, I know it's short notice, but would you? And she said, I could do that. So thanks, Lillian, for sharing. appreciate that so much. Yeah. So many good things. I just came back. I was in in um, Utah this week, uh, ministering with with some other pastors, and and um, I got to be there for the closing of of a p- building purchase for Lakeview Church that we've been part of, and we've been supporting them. Uh, a generous donor gave them the entire down payment of four hundred thousand uh, dollars, so they now own their own building. Yeah, so. Their monthly expenses go down and their building space goes up. It's just fantastic for them. All right. Um, thank you so much, uh, Lillian. And we are going to go to that passage in a minute. I just want to remind you, Proverbs eleven twenty five says that a generous person will prosper. And whoever refreshes others will themselves be refreshed. There's a, there's a refreshing that comes in generosity. It's not about the amount, the size of the gift. It's about obedience to the Lord. So um, let's let's go to Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. This is the last book in the Old Testament. And it's exactly what, what Lillian shared with us. And I want to read that kind of context. Verses 8 through 12, Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. Every cheesy pastor jokes that this is the Italian prophet Malachi, um, but I'm not going to do that to you. All right. <laughs> Malachi 3 verse 8 begins this way. Will a mere mortal rob God? God is speaking. Yet you've robbed me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land. 
says the Lord Almighty. Well, when we talk about the tithe, now we're going to shift from talking about giving specifically to talking about tithing. Uh, we're referring to that first tenth of your income. Well, if you dig into the Old Testament law, it, there's a range. It can be a little bit confusing because it's ten, de- depending how you calculate, it could be 10%, 23%, 33%. Some argue it's even a 50% tithe. It, it, it covers so many different things. It would, some of it would cover what we would call taxes today. Uh, but there's all that. And then we would say, yeah, but we're not living under the Jewish law. So it doesn't really apply to us, right? Well, to help us out, consider this. Again, if you're taking notes, write this down. The tithe is a pre-law principle. The tithe is a pre-law principle. One of the best ways to understand the Bible is to go back to where things are mentioned the first time in Scripture. And so long before the law was given to God's people through Moses, we had this guy named Abraham. And Abraham is really considered the father of God's people and the the quintessential model of faith. And he's the Bible's first recorded tither. Genesis 14 records a, a crazy story where um, Abraham's nephew, a guy named Lot, was captured and uh, and he and, and others in the town and all this all their belongings were were captured and taken away. So Abraham raised up an army, chases them down, and he rescued Lot, his nephew, and all the other people and all their belongings, all their property. And and um, in that success, it says that he gave a tenth of everything, a tithe, to uh, this mysterious and symbolic priest named Melchizedek. You can read all about this in Genesis 14, if you want to read it. Genesis 14. Abraham, in that process, demonstrates the pre-law tithing principle. Now, we could also talk about Abel or Noah, or others who brought the first and best of what they had as a sacrifice to the Lord long before the before the, the law was given. But later under the law, the people were to bring their first and the best of their harvest or their income as a tithe to the Lord. Proverbs 3.9 puts it this way, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Okay, you say, well, I'm not a farmer. I'm off the hook. You understand the principle is your income. So the tithe has always belonged to God. So if we go back again, Malachi 3, God's pointing the finger three times. He says, you're robbing me by not tithing and, and you're stealing from, from God. And the, the tithe is God's, whether we give it or not. So in, in this, we learn something in that passage that if we don't, there's a little problem that develops the, the locusts or the pests. Those, those, you know, life's small pesky problems like car trouble and surprise expenses and undisciplined spending that quickly consume that 10% that you thought was yours but really belongs to God. I've seen it over and over. Okay, well, you still say, yeah, but that's Old Testament, Brian. It doesn't really apply to me. Surely we're under grace. We don't have to do this, right? Well, I would just say if, if a 10% tithe under the law was a minimum, would I want to do less living under the grace of God? But um, it's a question of will I trust God or not? Another rebuttal, you might just say, well, I love, I love the idea, Brian. I just can't afford to tithe. It's, it, it's just, especially in this inflation. And I would agree with you that on paper, you probably cannot afford to tithe. 
I, I'm, I'm with you. For many years, that was true for Becky and me. We would do our budget and we would look it all out and say, well, there's a big gap between how much we need and how much we have. But somehow in all those years of being students and early in ministry and having very, very little, as we just continue to faithfully tithe, the Lord provided. Somehow, always got through. So um, I heard a great quote yet just yesterday. It said, man's inflation has no impact on heaven's supply. Man's inflation has no impact on heaven's supply. So do you really think God cannot meet your needs because gas is six or seven bucks a gallon? It's not like God's saying, well, I was good up to five. (laughs) You know, take it up with the administration. No. The Apostle Paul testified saying, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. According to the riches of of his glory, not according to the minimum wage or not according to 20% inflation or whatever it is. So and let's go back to Malachi 3 one more time. This verse that, that Lillian pointed out to us, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, there will not be enough room to store it. And like she said, it's it's a rare thing that God says, test me. It's like the dad who invites a challenge to arm wrestle his ten year old. It's not offensive to the dad for the to have an arm wrestle with his with his ten year old. In fact, the ten year old needs to know that dad's strong enough that he can handle it. That he's that he's that he can that he can do that. It's that strength is given. And and to be sure, the tithe is based on income. So, you know, we're making the obvious assumption that that you know you're doing what you can to be productive with your life. And it might not be easy to tithe if you've, in fact, I'm sure it won't be easy to tithe if you've never done it. It's scary and it feels risky. And I would just say, just remember, it's only in this that the Lord invites you to test him. The Lord is saying, just, just try me on this. And so here's a tip if you're going to do this and do it well. And that's to create a foundational giving habit. And this now covers back tithe and giving. Create a foundational giving habit. Foundational means it's not negotiable. You heard Lillian say it was the first check they wrote every month, right? It's got to be consistent. It's the top 10%, not what's left at the end of the month because there won't be anything left at the end of the month. It's like your Sunday church attendance. If showing up for worship is just like an optional weekend activity, right? You're going to be hit and miss. You know, if you think on Sunday morning, I don't know, do I feel like going today? Uh, You know, if that was my attitude, I might not show up and uh, you'd be disappointed maybe. I don't know, maybe not. Um, and then if I came with that attitude, I'd be in totally the wrong frame of mind. But, but when Sunday worship is a non-negotiable habit, it's just what we do. It's easy to get there and there's a lot more joy in it. And the same with giving, you know, make it a foundational habit for me. I have it set up as an automatic bill pay out of my, out of my bank. Others really love the feeling of writing out a check. Some of you are wondering what's a check. I get that. Um, uh, you know, online giving, uh, cash giving, however you want to do it. We've got those boxes back there. Um, just make it a habit. Just make it consistent. And, and where you tithe, that's another question for some. I personally believe in the storehouse, what we call the storehouse principle, right? Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. So your home church is your storehouse. It's where you're fed spiritually and where you're equipped spiritually. It's where you serve. It's where your children and your grandchildren are cared for, Right? I personally believe it's best practice to give to God, to God. We give always to God. 
but to give through your home church. But I will say this. If you think I'm just punking you right now and just like, I don't know, you're just trying to get money, then go ahead and test God by sending it to another church. I would say give it to, to, to the church that's whatever. Find another church if you don't trust me in, in this, in this challenge. Just don't rob God and bring the whole tithe to Him. All right, Christy, I saw you here somewhere. Worship team, if you want to come and join me on the platform here. Here's the last thing I'm going to say about the tithe. For those of you who are still saying, I don't, I don't know about this, Brian. This just doesn't seem necessary. You might say, Jesus didn't say much about tithing. And you're right. He didn't. Very, very little, in fact. But Jesus didn't need to say much about it because it was an understood practice that he endorsed. Matthew 23, 23. He's, uh, he's speaking to you and challenging the religious elite of the day, the Pharisees. And he says this. He says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin. In other words, they come home from the grocery store and, and we're going to give like you know, a tenth of the grains of rice and we're going to set it aside and, and, and in this package of, of chicken breasts, we're going to give one, put one, set one chicken breast aside and we're going to give all that to the temple, right? You, you, you give a tenth down to the smallest thing, but, but you've neglected the more important matters of the law. Justice, mercy, faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter, justice, mercy, and faithfulness without neglecting the former, bringing the full tithe. If we're all justice and mercy and faithfulness, that's great, but it lacks the depth of, of commitment. If we're all just tithe, we get legalistic. It's got to be both. It's the full spectrum, and that's what Jesus taught. He not only assumed his followers would tithe and give generously, he expected them to. He didn't want it to be a duty-bound religious obligation. He wants your heart and how we invest financially shows where our heart is. So, joyful tithing breaks the power of money's control over my life. And generous giving leads to a place of blessing from the Lord. It's a way of saying yes to Jesus, the one who already owns everything. Let's pray. God, I want to thank you for just personally, the way you've blessed me in my life, the way you have kept your promises, the way you have showed your faithfulness. Lord, I thank you for the many, many generous people in this body. God, I thank you for the opportunities we have to, to bless people around the world. And God, I pray for the person today that's struggling with this message and wondering, what does this have to do with my daily life? God, I pray that they would understand that Jesus, you were so generous that you gave your very life for us. You laid everything down for us. You gave up all the riches and splendor of heaven to make the Father known to us. God, in the same way, we want to become generous people and find joy in that. And so, Lord, we just we thank you so much. God, we want to say, here we are. Use me. Send me. Let me be a part of what you're doing. In your name we pray. For listening. Know that God loves you more than you can imagine. And for everything Bethany Church, check out BethanyChurchFresno.com.